Hey, how's everybody doing? Hoping you're having a fantastic Wednesday. So I am here on a Wednesday morning and I will be covering an interesting series that I've decided to kind of start on and off because I've been doing um, some reading recently, as you know, from my very, very long stream the other day on the authority of St. Thomas, uh, historically considered um, from Santiago Ramirez's uh, work on the authority of St. Thomas, because as we went over, uh, St. Thomas has a a certain safety which is attached to his doctrine, and the church, uh, more than any other doctor, is going to present his philosophy and theology as true. Um, not obviously in an exclusive sense, uh, because Catholic theologians and philosophers are free to um, assent to other opinions, but it is not the safest position, and also one cannot claim that that is the position which the church recommends. So that's the that's sort of the position that we laid out last time. We talked about extrinsic, intrinsic authority and all of all of that fun stuff. But really, these are videos which are meant to go along with uh, the other video because Ramirez was writing before in the 50s. Ramirez, I think it was the 50s that he was writing. Um, so there is some uh, gaps that need to be filled uh, from the 50s to today because a lot of stuff has been written on St. Thomas. And I think surprisingly. Uh, while in some figures, and I think John the 23rd is one of those figures, uh, this isn't focused as much, uh, focused on as much as previous popes, there still is, uh, in other figures, a very clear statement of continuity. And when they are commenting on this issue, uh, they're completely orthodox, completely in accordance with what was already, <clears throat> was already set out by the, uh, especially by the PN popes. Um, Pius the um, 10th, Pius the 11th, and Pius the 12th. So uh, also what's interesting is we'll see some uh, magisterial interpretation of whose uh, interpretation of the issue is correct. Uh, we'll see, for example, um, St. Paul VI explicitly pointing back to Berthier and Ramirez uh, to tell them, hey, if you have questions of what we mean by authority of St. Thomas, actually go back to these guys, uh, Santiago um, Ramirez and um, Joachim Berthier, who were, my, my camera is like moving right now. Is that, no, I think it's my screen that's moving. Okay, yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah, they, they say to go back to these guys. And if you want to know what we mean by the authority of St. Thomas, look to these guys. And what's interesting is these guys, they're both Dominicans, Ramirez and uh, Berthier, and they're saying exactly what uh, a lot of even um, non-Dominicans like uh, Jesuit theologians are saying. So I think what we find is that the magisterium in interpreting itself is not going to support the common notions that we have about the authority of St. Thomas, that it was only something limited to a certain area, uh, to a certain era to combat a certain issue, or maybe it's merely something which is canonical. Um it certainly is canonical, and it certainly is emphasized in a certain era, but it's something that transcends uh, due to the um, intrinsic value of St. Thomas's works that the church has stamped her uh, stamp of approval uh, on St. Thomas's works and has given us certain promises of safety in following his positions on uh, currently disputed questions. So we're going we're gonna to see something very interesting um, that 
uh, even a, a pope like Pope Francis is going to be one of the uh, the most ardent defenders of the angelic doctor. Uh, and we're going to see Paul VI writing an entire encyclical that sounds like Studiorum Ducem or uh, Doctoris Angelici. Um, we're we're going to be we're going to be seeing that there is this continual line of support for the authority of Saint Thomas, and we ought not to to give that up and to fall into the um, post conciliar despair and pretend that the uh, Church at Vatican II decided to throw away um, everything that was good. And we'll even actually, uh, I'm I'm going to have an episode about Vatican II as well, because I think Vatican II. I'm going to be looking through all uh, all of the volumes of the Acts of Vatican II, which, thanks be to God, are online. Um, so I'm going to be finding a lot of very, very interesting stuff. So when it comes down to, to methodology, because, oh, good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. When it comes down to methodology, how did how did I do all of this? How did I look through everything John the 23rd has ever done? And how did I find out where he was speaking about Aquinas? Well, actually, uh, if you look on the Vatican website, you can find the the Acta of the Apostolic See. Uh, you can um, find these, and they are OCR'd, and they have indexes in the back. So what you can do is you can go through these volumes, which basically contain everything that you're going to uh, need to look through. You can look in the index and find those sections where they uh, where these popes talk about St. Thomas. Um, and it's going to be in multiple different languages, everything from English to Latin to Italian to French to Spanish to Portuguese. There's there's many different languages which are represented uh, in these acta. So it was a bit difficult to find the sections, uh, get rough translations of them, and then finally um, get polished uh, translations of them. But I looked through everything and I found every single section and uh, I either got a brief summary description or uh, translation of, of those sections. I'll let you know what day they were, uh, they were done, uh, whether it be a speech or a letter or um, a synodal report or whatever it may be. But yeah, uh, you can just uh, look these up if you don't believe me, or you can look through the ACTA yourself if you don't believe me. Uh, it wasn't too, too terribly difficult. And if you, uh, if you are a patron, um, I'll just throw this throw this one out there. Um, along with all of the other fantastic benefits you get, uh, you also get access to my Discord. And actually, on the Discord, I have a section where I kind of research dump um, because I just like I got it from Hassan. I like doing that, just dumping like all of the stuff you run into, and then eventually going back and synthesizing it into a document or a video like this. So I actually have sections of just research dumps and links and uh, everything and the original, really everything's in the original. I didn't translate anything um, in my discord. So if you want to join the discord, uh, become a patron earlier this week, unfortunately, uh, I, I lost one of my, one of my top patrons. Um, it was kind of bittersweet. Uh, wasn't that he was like mad or anything like that. He's actually uh, going to seminary. So it's, I'm very, very happy for him, but uh, do have pretty big uh, shoes to fill. So if you guys want to become a patron, that would be fantastic. Okay, so let us get right into it. Let me pull up my my document. Man, I am I'm so off this morning. I didn't even have my document pulled up. But yeah, um, an important comment I guess I'll make, uh, continuing from what I was saying earlier, is that you guys need the if you're going to be seriously interested in these type of things, you do need to. Um, become 
knowledgeable on how to research through magisterial documents and especially through the Vatican website and also how to change words into like five different languages. I, I know how to spell Aquinas and Thomas in like five different languages now um, because you need you need to be looking through uh, a lot of these documents that aren't translated. Some of these documents aren't translated even into Italian or Latin. Um, so, yeah, you, you need to just kind of suck it up and learn how to look through uh, Vatican website stuff uh, because there's a lot of very important stuff uh, which you can learn. And I actually did a, uh, did a patron video on the basics of doing magisterial research um, throughout the Vatican website. Um, so if you, if you're a patron, you can also check that out. Okay. So um, in an allocution on January the 26th, 1960, he uh, is speaking about education uh, because, as you know, one of the very important aspects of St. Thomas's authority has been the centrality of St. Thomas's philosophy and theology and education. And while this is something which is formally speaking a disciplinary decree, fundamentally, uh, it is based on the uh, fact of the safety of St. Thomas's doctrine and the uh, church's stamp of approval um, and favor that she gives towards St. Thomas's thought. So uh, he says here, uh, the knowledge of the sacred scriptures of the Old and New Testament, of the Holy Fathers, and of the most distinguished doctors of philosophy and theology, among whom the foremost is St. Thomas Aquinas, the science of the sacred liturgy and the manner of conducting uh, it to its proper effect, like a most delightful garden adorned with fragrant flowers and tall trees. And finally, the understanding and application of the laws in the entire code of canon law, which serves a social order. And then, then he just goes through all of these uh, other aspects that need to be uh, learned by seminarians. So uh, this is this is very key right here. When he is stating the most distinguished doctors of philosophy and theology, he states that the supremacy that the um, that the the primacy that the um, that the best uh, is Saint Thomas Aquinas, and this is why uh, in the code in, uh, well this is why uh, when the church over and over and over again talks about educating of priests and the rules that come with being a professor of sacred theology and sacred philosophy has to do with being in line with uh, St. Thomas. This is something we'll see in the 1983 Code of Canon Law that actually still keeps into effect um, in matters of philosophy, interestingly. Um, it doesn't anymore stated in matters of theology, although it implies it. But matters of, matters of philosophy, this is still stated, um, that the foremost uh, doctor of philosophy and theology is St. Thomas Aquinas. This is why he's called the universal doctor. This is why he's called the common doctor. So uh, then he he also, and this is one of the most important um, texts when it comes to this. This is a motu, propri motu proprio, uh, March 7th, 1963. Uh, he is he's giving a, um, a bit of a uh, speech of sorts or an exhortation, if you want to put it like that, uh, of uh, for the Dominican order. And he's showing and expressing the glories of St. Thomas's thought uh, and the honor that having St. Thomas gives the Dominican order. He is very much conservative here. He's quoting Studiorum Ducem. He's quoting Attorney Patris. He's quoting Doctoris Angelici. He's quoting all of these um, documents from the previous popes. Uh, when it comes to the authority of St. Thomas, uh, you, you get statements from like Pius XI, Pius XI, I think. He's like any other doctor that the church approves 
Uh, we only approve it uh, insofar as um, it doesn't disagree with St. Thomas or uh, agrees with St. Thomas. So you're getting these previous statements are just being recapitulated over and over and over again by John the 23rd. So uh, here's there's uh, three paragraphs here that I'm going to read. But the main contribution of this order, that is the Dominican order, in the defense of the faith and the propagation of the gospel, we believe, has been the emergence of Thomas Aquinas from its ranks, a doctor of the church and universal doctor of the church, having been formed in the study of divine wisdom, as clearly stated by our predecessor, Pius X, in a letter to the master general of the order, with these words, quote, it will be always be the greatest glory of this illustrious order, which formed one of the most distinguished saints of the church, whom God granted for the defense of the faith to count among its ranks the Dr. Aquinas, a brilliant light of the schools, of whom it is rightly said that he worked as many miracles as he wrote articles, end quote. However, it cannot be said that the Dominican family has only served the Catholic cause by having formed and nurtured the common doctor, but also for having distinguished itself shortly after the blessed death of this doctor, notice right here, as the faithful custodian of his doctors, as expressed by our predecessor, Benedict XV and Pius XI, it is not only the glory of this order to have nurtured the angelic doctor, but not to have deviated one iota from his doctrine. So the Dominican order, uh, what he's saying thus far is that the Dominican order, uh, the glory of the Dominican order is found in the fact that uh, it preserves the doctors of St. Thomas. It's a faithful custodian of the doctors of the of the doctrine. And then also the fact that the uh, Dominican order has not departed one iota from his doctrine. Why is that a glory? Because of the safety that's found in the teaching of St. Thomas Aquinas, that it's the safest. It's safer than uh, any other doctor. And then uh, continuing, and in reality, this new college, uh, which in the year 1942 was honored with the name of the Pontifical Angelic Angelicum, uh, has always preserved the doctrinal principles of St. Thomas, which the Roman pontiffs have recommended. Notice the preservation, uh, right here, the preservation of the doctrinal principles of St. Thomas is something which the Roman pontiffs have recommended. That's all I'm saying. Once, well, sorry, one safe, two recommended, safe, recommended, safe, recommended. That's all you have to remember. St. Thomas is thought is safer and it's recommended more than any other doctor, especially in the encyclical Attorney Patres by our predecessor of immortal memory, Leo XIII, in which the same code of canon law prescribed so much so that our predecessor of happy memory, Pius XI, speaking of this college, affirmed where Thomas can be said to be at home. Okay, then he, then uh, moving on from that, which I think this is gonna, this is the most important um, time in which John the Twenty Third. Remember, John the Twenty Third wasn't pope for that long, so there's actually there's a lot more from uh, from Paul the Sixth, especially because Paul the Sixth um, lived through the seven hundredth anniversary, seven hundredth anniversary, yeah, seven hundredth anniversary in nineteen seventy four of the death of Saint Thomas. Okay, so um, also he spoke at length on St. Thomas uh, in a speech that he gave in French um, on February 18th, 1959. Uh, and 
actually the the reason that he makes these comments and i'm not i'm not gonna i didn't translate them i'm just uh i'm just stating this in passing because i didn't think this was too important to mention um but in this speech he actually reveals that one of the reasons he chose the name john the 23rd was the fact that john the 22nd was the one who canonized saint thomas and uh, john the 23rd had a, a very strong devotion to saint thomas so that was one of the reasons he chose john the 23rd very interesting so um, in another one, let's see what this is. It's an allocation, allocation, allocution, allocution, that's how you pronounce it, allocution, given on the 16th of September, 1960. This is, uh, this he writes about St. Thomas a lot in this one. And I didn't translate all of it, so you can go and read it for yourself if you want to. But uh, in this, he comments on why St. Thomas is the common doctor of the church. And then he also uh, declared, this is a very interesting uh, quotation right here. He declares the, Saint Th the doctrine of St. Thomas to be her own, that is the church's own. So the, he says that the church takes the doctrine of St. Thomas as her own. What could that mean except from the fact that the church recommends St. Thomas's doctrine above and before all other uh, thinkers? Because what else does it mean to take something for someone's own? takes it for uh, his own doesn't mean well he has some sort of like equality with the all the other doctors they're basically all the same and actually it's interesting because saint pius x when he's writing about this people were interpreting saint pius x that way and he wrote it a whole encyclical on why he actually didn't mean that uh, but that's besides the fact so uh in paragraphs three and four he explains that the popes have taught doctrines using the formulae of saint thomas very interesting uh this is something that uh one needs to understand if they want to understand um, the way in which the church formulates her dogmas, uh, the type of language she uses, the type of category she speaks in. She speaks in the language of St. Thomas. She uses the formulae of St. Thomas. Uh, so it's very important to understand St. Thomas if one wants to understand the magisterium. And then in paragraph seven, uh, it's very interesting, uh, actually talks about Second Vatican Council, uh, which had been... Uh, what, when did I say this was 1960? Yeah, 1960. So it had it opened up in 1960, right? Um, oh, 19, it opened up in 1962. So this was actually when it was still in its planning stages. So uh, he actually talks about uh, some of the goals that will come about in Vatican II. And one of those uh, goals is the... Uh, authority of uh, kind of bringing back the authority of St. Thomas, or at least reasserting the, the authority of St. Thomas. He you know, also talks about in here the authority of St. Thomas in moral theology, because this was to a, um, this was uh, given to a, um, a Thomistic conference. So I, uh, I uh, he says uh, right here, being in agreement with divine truths of God, as well as supported by the testimonies of the Holy Fathers and principles of right reason. Notice this very important here. The universal church embraced it as her own. So the teaching of St. Thomas, the Holy Church embraced it as her own and declared Thomas Aquinas as the common doctor that is the universal doctor. So this, this is really uh, exactly what I mean uh, when I say things like uh, Catholicism and Thomism, they can't be separated, or that Catholicism is Thomism. 
because the Holy Church has taken upon itself as her own the teaching of St. Thomas. And this is why he's called common doctor, uh, that is universal doctor. For it is indeed clearly evident to you, just as it is to us, that the enduring principles of the angelic doctor are not limited to any particular age, but they also pertain to the path of teaching and even to the discipline of morals itself, of which a significant part is extensively discussed in the Summa with utmost order, gravity, and clarity. So then he goes, he goes on to say after this, that one of the central aims of his pontificate is to... Um, further the study of St. Thomas. He says, but in order for these desired outcomes to be realized, it is necessary above all to devote careful attention to the study of the writings of St. Thomas. Therefore, we ardently desire that the number of those who draw light and erudition from the works of the angelic doctor may increase day by day, and not only among priests or men distinguished by profound learning, but also among those engaged in the pursuit of the liberal arts. Especially, we wish to see more young people attracted to the ranks of Catholic action and adorned with the laurels of learning, counted among their ranks. Moreover, we greatly desire that the highest treasure of the divine precepts of St. Thomas be more abundantly excavated daily to the highest benefit of the Christian cause, and that his writings be widely disseminated without any deviation in terms of method of instruction or style of expression from the character and nature of our times. So that's us right there. We wish to see more young people attracted to the ranks of Catholic action, adorned with the laurels of learning, counted among their ranks. I know that that's honestly as a as a bit of an aside. Catholic action was such a cool name, guys. It was such a cool name. Catholic action. That I love that name, Catholic action. We we should refer more to like um more to the uh the apostolate work that is that is done uh, done as Catholic action. It's it's such it's such a cool name. It's such a cool name. But yeah, if you want to engage in Catholic action, study Saint Thomas. And then uh, he states again here why he took the name uh, Pope John the Twenty Third. He took it after twenty twenty second. We acknowledge, albeit lightly, and if among the brethren, that we are drawn to domestic matters by the very name itself. For we have been elevated to the position by our predecessor, Pope John the Twenty Second, who numbered Thomas Aquinas among the saints of heaven. So, uh, in 1961, uh, we have another very important document. Uh, this is uh, when he is speaking to the leader of uh, leaders of seminaries in Italy. He's talking about priestly formation again. Uh, what they uh, kind of giving some recommendations and some orders for how to best train priests. This is 1961. When religious moral preparation is founded on the secure and luminous principles, uh, founded on secure, these secure and luminous principles, then intellectual preparation becomes a complementary aspect, harmoniously integrated with it, and achieves optimal results for the multifaceted demands of pastoral life. First and foremost, so this is what he thinks is most important. This is what he thinks is most important. What does he think is most important? Let's see. First and foremost, a solid Christian philosophical education according to the principles, doctrine, and method of St. Thomas, which provides today's students and tomorrow's individuals with a balanced judgment, a depth of insight, common sense, and intellectual maturity. In the light of these clarifying principles, 
the vast cultural and literary movements, currents of modern thought, deficiencies, and dangers of technicality can be judged in their proper value. As our predecessor Pius XII rightly observed, the pursuit and promotion of truth through the uh, commendation of the doctrine of St. Thomas does not suppress emulation, but rather stimulates and directs it safely. Everything beautiful and great that the human spirit has produced and continues to create will thus be judged in its right value and acquire new perspectives of it for apostolic action, which must be driven by the great Pauline proclamation. All things are yours and you are Christ and Christ is God's. Okay, so that's all I have for... I'm, I'm going to check the check the live chat real quick, but that's all I have for John the 23rd. Again, he was only Pope for a few years, so we don't have as much from him. But from uh, Paul the Sixth, it's going to be a very, much much longer video. He has like a whole encyclical where he just goes off about this. It's great. I know. I love names like militant Thomist, Catholic action, etc. It's true. In nineteen in twelve nine seventy nine, there was a verbal. What? What verbal? I don't know what a verbal is. Okay. Well, anyways, thank you for watching. Remember, if you appreciate this, to uh, become a patron. Thank you, and God bless.